Welcome to the third episode of Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series check-in for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And while we are still waiting to be added to Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts, in the meantime, you can find us on bleedcubbyblue.com. We'll also be blasting out each episode and related content on our Twitter account, which is at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. You can find my writing about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Andy. Hello, I am Andy Cruz Vanasek. And this week I had four stand-up doubles at my softball games. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah, you're telling me my poor sciatic nerve and my whole right leg is um, not happy with me, but (laughs) we're going to make it. We're going to be okay. You know, uh, I'm supposed to join a softball team this summer, and when I signed up for this a couple of months ago, very enthusiastically, I think I forgot that I haven't actually played softball in a really long time, like we're talking many, many years. So this could be a problem. I'm not entirely sure I knew what I was getting myself into with this. I'm telling you, it's just like riding a bike, though. You you go back out there, and it's like you probably never stopped playing. (laughs) We'll see. We'll have to have a segment about our softball shenanigans. Oh, man, I got some good ones, too. Um, Okay, so it's only been two days since we last talked, but a lot has happened. So we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to have to start with a look at what's been going on off the field with Addison Russell being recalled and Ben Zobrist on the restricted list. We'll look at some injuries that the Cubs are dealing with, specifically uh, closer Pedro Strope and the Cubs bullpen situation. Recap the last two games of the Marlins series, and then we also have to look ahead as the Brewers come to Wrigley for a three-game set this weekend. As a warning, we're going to kick this off with the Addison Russell discussion, and we'll be talking about domestic violence with that. So if this is a sensitive subject for you or for anyone you're listening with, feel free to skip ahead to Section 2, which the minute is clearly marked in the show notes. Um, Yeah, let's just jump right in. Andy, Addison Russell is back with the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, um, I have very strong feelings about this, as I'm sure many, many people already know. Uh, I kind of figured this day was coming. I hoped that it wasn't. Um, But I think probably the Cubs had long made it clear to us fans that this is a business. And in the sense of the business side of it, They couldn't just let him as a somewhat valued player to the Chicago Cubs walk away without getting something in return. I get that. However, what he is responsible for off the field and what he had done, um, and I I don't even need to say allegedly anymore because I think we're past that. Um, I think that kind of negates everything. I think that. to me anyways, I don't care that it's a business. There has to be a point when you stand up for something or you're going to fall for anything. And I just, it's, it was a hard day for me. And I just kind of felt like it came fast and furious, like was not prepared. It was breaking news, like just a couple hours before the game. Uh, It was just kind of like, like I even, you know, had told you, I really need some time to gather my thoughts. Like this is not, I did not expect it to happen when it did. Let's just put it that way. And, and I really, honestly, I'm just still not 
I still feel kind of dirty about it. I guess you can say that he's even with the team right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, so I, I was at the game yesterday and I, um, you know, was kind of, I, I don't know what I was expecting really. I, I knew that I personally was not happy that Addison Russell was back and that he was in the lineup. I knew it was going to be a really hard thing to watch. And I, I, I also, I, I, I'll just be really transparent here. Um, I, I did not participate in booing him. I frankly didn't do anything. I stayed in my seat every time he came to bat, including in the 10th inning. And it, it was, it was a really weird feeling actually to um, be sit, sitting down in extra innings when the Cubs need to score and everybody around you is standing and hoping for something good to happen. And I'm just kind of sitting there. I, I don't even know how to say this. It's not even so much that I didn't want something good to happen, but I was just kind of like, please don't let this be about Addison Russell. I don't, I'm not prepared mentally for Addison Russell to be the story tonight. Um, I personally, I, I'm, I'm not a booer. Uh, my mom always hated it. She thought it was bad sportsmanship. I don't, I, I try really hard not to boo even opposing players who I don't like very much. Um, and so I, I didn't boo Addison Russell, but I was also a little bit, I don't know, proud that Cubs fans didn't just let bygones be bygones and let everything be water under the bridge. I thought it showed that people really are going to make him prove that he has earned whatever second chance it is that uh, Theo Epstein and the Ricketts and the Cubs front office have decided they need to give him. And I, and, and I want to be really transparent about this. I've written a lot of words about the Addison Russell situation since last September, and it has not been easy. Um, but the, I, I do understand and appreciate what the Cubs are trying to do here. I, I understand the narrative that, Things can't all be uh, zero sum and they can't just uh, that it's not necessarily the best idea to have a zero tolerance policy for situations like this. I disagree with it. I would prefer that the Cubs had a zero tolerance policy for this, but I also recognize that there are experts in the field of domestic violence who don't believe that and who think that there should be non zero tolerance policies. And that is what the Cubs have decided to do. Um, and I take, every time I've heard Theo talk about this, he sounds sincere. I take him at his word that he's trying to do the right thing here, but that did not make Wednesday night's game any easier, (laughs) frankly. Um, and it, it, it just, it was not an easy thing to sit through. Well, and I think a layer of this that people probably push past because it's just easier to, um, it's easier to not think about this part of it, but in a situation that I don't want to say, you know, God willing, we don't see too many more of these situations in any professional sports. However, you know, that's probably, that's probably a little far-fetched, but look at it this way. I think that a lot of my reaction and a lot of my cringe and a lot of how dirty I feel at some points cheering for a team that allows this man to be in uniform is based on how he handled the situation after the fact. Yeah. I mean, that's, there is no 
part of me that even for a second thinks, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ever be okay with domestic violence. I'm just not, just not ever going to be okay with it. But I probably, I mean, I would still have strong feelings about this particular player being in a, in a Cubs uniform and being back with the team, you know, quote unquote, getting his second chance, whatever. But there would probably be, and hate is a very strong word. I don't use that strong of emotion on very many things, if any. I would probably not feel as strongly about um, not liking him, not wanting him, not wanting anything to do with him if he had handled the situation better. He already was somebody that rubbed Cub fans and even the media the wrong way. He was very standoffish. He just had one of these attitudes, you know, it just, he needed, he probably just all around needed some better training on how to deal with, you know, all of the stuff that comes with being a famous athlete, you know, and and he, I I don't want to interrupt you there, but I I, I also, I, I think it's really important to say there are lots of players that don't handle fame particularly well when they're young and what Russell did. And I agree with you, this doesn't need to be alleged anymore. He took the suspension. He hasn't been disputed and part of his therapy and process as i understand it is accepting what he has done what he, what he did goes far beyond like i was young and didn't know any better <laughs> the expand uh, the expanded roster interview with melissa reedy and kelly wallace is I, it, it's chilling it's it's every part of it is terrible and it is hard to see him batting <laughs> And know all of that um, in a Cubs uniform. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. You're totally fine. I was, I was, I think I was losing a little bit of what I was trying to say, anyways. But I, more or less, I just think he's not somebody that probably had. He was not somebody that we outwardly would say, "Oh, he's a really great guy." He's somebody that you you liked already. You know right. what I mean? Like he's not like a Rizzo. He's not like a Bryant who we see him and he's just like cushy and cuddly, and we want to hug him and be friends with him and hang out with him. He was never like that. So to 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 add this to that, to add how he reacted, to add his attitude, and you know, there no remorse. Still to this day, I don't feel like there's any remorse. That it was not handled well at any point in time by him. Um, it just to me, it's just so cringeworthy, and it's like it's almost and you know, I hate saying this, I hate feeling this way because he does not make the team that I love. He does not. However, he is part of it. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope, but it, it makes me embarrassed at some points to be cheering for a team that allows somebody like this to, to still participate. And then I also have to step back and think and realize that it's being treated as a business. This is a business deal. I get that. But it's also not a right to play for the Chicago Cubs. It's a privilege. It is something that you earn. It is something that very, very few people in this lifetime ever get to do. So for him, I just, and especially after reading what I read today, I just, it's just, it's hard. It is so hard. I'm going to struggle with this for as long as he's still a Cub, period, point blank. Yeah, I don't know uh, what you were referring to that you read today. The thing that I read today that just really rubbed me the wrong way, you know, the Sun-Times 
covered some remarks that he made uh, prior yeah, to that, Thursday. That's game. what I was talking about. That's yeah, the same that's, thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where, yep. And I, I think I wrote the exact quote here because it just, I, it just floored me that this was his reaction to being booed at Wrigley, which frankly I think we all could have seen coming. Um, and his his exact quote was, "If hometown fans want to boo, that's on them." And I just, it's so dismissive of the reasons that people are upset and the reasons that people are having a hard time just accepting him back into the fold. And it showed a lack of awareness, in my opinion, that Uh, made this a lot harder. (laughs) I mean, he's had zero self-awareness this entire process, this entire from beginning to end, just zero self-awareness. And it's, you know, it's, you just kind of wonder what the people closest to him, the people that are telling him what to do or advising him what to do, what exactly is going through their heads? Because this just, this could have been handled so much better on so many different levels, you know? And and, I mean, we're never going to have a good answer for this. We're never, I'm never going to be able to have a solution in my own brain about what is okay for all of this because you know, obviously we want to see our team do well, but at the expense of having someone like him help in that regard, you know, it's just, it's such a hard tug of war that no one is going to win, you know? And, and I don't know, I hate, you, you have to talk about it. You have to you figure it out. It has to be something that, you know, you just get everything out about it. But at the same time, it's like, how much life do we give him? How much life do we give him in the sense that, you know, we're still talking about this? I would rather just not even acknowledge him if that were an option. I would rather just sit on my hands and act like he's not there. But, you know, then that would be doing a disservice to the fact that this is happening. Right. I, I agree. I think that this is probably a topic that we're going to have to return to again. I do kind of want to switch gears a little bit here because I think you mentioned at the start of this and it's accurate that it felt rushed. Like Addison Russell came back kind of um, out of nowhere and Theo even acknowledged that he was not planning on having Russell come back during this homestand. It, It seems like that was expedited by Ben Zobrist uh, being placed on the restricted list for personal reasons. And I want to stress that there are a lot of rumors and supposition flying around Twitter. I have not seen anything that is definitive about what those personal reasons are. Uh, I think Ben Zobrist is a phenomenal player. I think he's a really wonderful member of the Chicago Cubs. And I hope that whatever those issues are, uh, work out um, in a way that allows him to come back and be part of the team fully. We miss him a lot. The, uh, But yeah, it seems like that was the catalyst for Addison Russell being brought back from Iowa early. Yeah, I definitely, when I heard that, um, it just kind of brought back what happened, what he um, has delayed start in spring training. You know, there was a lot of speculation right. going around then, you know, what's going on, you know, and I kind of, you know, Folks will come and ask me how I feel or what I think about things because I tend to, you know, I read and follow a lot of different people and see a lot of different perspectives on things. And so I kind of always have my my own thoughts and opinions. And and sometimes I will, you know, recite what I read or I'll just form my own based on what they're saying. But I really feel like something is up because this is just totally out of character for him. You know, we're we're well into the season. This isn't spring training anymore. And um 
there's obviously something going on. And I, quite frankly, am concerned and I hope everybody is okay. And, you know, it, life is bigger than baseball. And he, if anybody knows that, and he is a family man who, you know, if you follow his wife at all on any social media is an amazing woman. I mean, they have the greatest family and, um, so motivational and so inspirational and, and she is awesome. Like I just adore her. So I really just hope that I'm wrong about that, but you just have to wonder, you know, that's, that's my feeling anyways. You just have to wonder what's going on and just hope that everything is okay. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, uh, jokingly last year, I, I well, not jokingly, I did a piece on Ben Zobris just cause he's such an awesome player, but he does so many fun things around, the city of Chicago, you know, he rode his bike uh, in in full uniform. He plays in the PF Flyers. He is known for, he signed autographs on Halloween for a bunch of kiddos um, for hours. Uh, and he's just, he's been such a great member of this team, such a great member of the community that I was really you know, sad. I, I I don't know how else to say it. It was, it was sad to hear that things were going on that um, are keeping him from baseball right now, but I 100% agree with you. There are things that are bigger than baseball and the, the Cubs have been great about trying to figure out a way to let him have whatever space and time he needs to figure this out. This, uh, if you remember, they, this is not unprecedented. The Cubs have had players on the restricted list for extended time, periods of time before Tommy Listella was on the restricted list for quite a while when he failed to report to Iowa in 2016. So with any luck, this will um, work out for Ben, for his family, and he will be back with the Chicago Cubs soon. Oh, that's a heavy way to start this podcast. I feel I know. I want to smile again for the love. Wow. That was heavy. This is a little early, but let's take our break for our sponsors now. On the flip side, we're going to come back with some talk about baseball. We're going to talk more about the Marlins series and how that wrapped up. We're also going to look ahead to the Brewers series. And we are back. Andy, let's start this segment off with some good news. Tell me something from the last couple of games in the Marlins series that stood out to you. Okay. So if you know or have followed me at all, you know how much I love me some Jason Hayward. This man, I tell you what, <laughs> I I want to hang out with him. I mean, I want to be friends with him. That sounds ridiculous, but his post-game interview just reiterated that to me. I don't know if, if you guys saw this, but this was fantastic. And <laughs> Len and JD did not even flinch at this. They didn't even bring it up. It was perfect. Kelly... Kelly Krull even said later she kind of laughed about it because everyone knew. I mean, he straight up cussed on the postgame interview, and it was amazing. I'm not going to repeat what he said. Yeah, I, it was awesome. <laughs> you can find it on Twitter. It was awesome. He, he, it was something of the long, along the lines of about time, shoot, but not shoot. <laughs> it was amazing. This poor man, I tell you what, walk off a walk-off home run into the basket in left field. Previous to this, he was just three for 24 going back to that last game against Seattle. That is, listen, if we're talking about last year, Jason Hayward this time, or even the year before that, the Jason Hayward, that might be about what you would expect. But the Jason Hayward that we've seen this year, no, that is, that's not him. That is not what I was 
coming to expect from him. And I think he kind of felt the same way because like I said, he was just, you know, he could exhale. He was like, about time. Jeez. So, but needless to say, I, I adore that man. And you know what? I've said this before in previous seasons, but when one guy decides to take the night off from saving this team, the next guy picks up right where he left off. So it was Jason's turn and it was awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, by the way, totally team Hayward. Love me some Jason Hayward. I have been a Hayward defender for a while now, but I also have just been waiting for him to have an offensive explosion. We know he can do it. He's had five plus war seasons before and he got off to a pretty decent offensive start this year. So I agree. It was really nice to see him come out of that slump with a walk-off. Although can we pause for a second? Cause there was way too much in the way of ninth inning or, or late inning, I should say, cause we had an extra inning game too heroics in this series against the Marlins what was going on at the back end of the Cubs bullpen during this series oh my I I don't know I don't know I mean because you think the Marlins we just roll right over them but wow yeah they definitely kept it interesting yeah they did I you know Pedro Strope didn't have a great outing on Monday night uh there were a lot of walks Kyle Ryan sort of had a mental lapse and went to the wrong bag which led to the Cubs losing that game on Monday Strope is now on the injured list he was replaced by Mike Montgomery who finished out today's um, (laughs) adventures with you Darvish strong Uh, so that it was nice to see Mike Montgomery back and throwing well but I'm a little nervous about the back end of the bullpen and you know last time we I gave a little shout out to my friend Clint because Clint has been telling me four months now that the Cubs need a closer and I always tell him that Pedro Strope is the closer well Pedro Strope is not the closer while he's got a grade two hamstring strain. So what do you think the Cubs are going to do, Andy? Well, I mean, they're just going to keep doing what they've been doing, which is basically just closer by committee. And I um, I think we're going to see some of the same names back in that position, just depending on what the situation is. If it's, you know, walking out to a fresh inning or if it's, you know, coming in with, you know, inheriting runners or whatever else. But I'm really liking Kinsler out there. And, you know, I call me crazy and I may have to go ahead and heat up some crow, but I actually like Chatwood out there too. I mean, he's been throwing that fire and he looks, he looks pretty legit. I I mean, you know, a while ago I would have called myself crazy for that. I would have actually looked in the mirror and been like, you are nuts, but I mean, he's actually done really well. So, you know, closer by committee, it seems to be working out. Okay. I guess until it doesn't. Yeah, we're going to see how Closer by Committee works with the Brewers coming to town. They're red hot. Uh, Before we talk about the Brewers, though, I I have to comment on two things you just said. One is Kinsler has my favorite walkout music on the Cubs. Uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem, I have been saying for years, is an A++ walk-up song. (laughs) And every time he comes out, I'm like, oh, you have such good taste in music. It makes me really happy. (laughs) <laughs> the uh it does it just i that is my that song is my jam i put it at like mile eight of every training run that i do because mile eight is where i start to get tired and it, it keeps me going <laughs> so, and ironically it's eminem with eight mile that's kind it, of ironic exactly wow well uh, done. exactly um the and the second thing i want to say i agree with you about chatwood uh tyler chatwood's velocity is through the roof out of the pen and he's been throwing strikes so as long as he's throwing strikes out there and getting outs, I think that Chatwood is a weapon that Joe Madden should deploy from the bullpen. 
any other notes that we really want to talk about from the Marlin series before we jump into this three game set against the Brewers? Just one other thing that I was um, thinking about, and I think I had heard somebody talking about this today. Do you realize if we wouldn't have let that game slip away from us on Monday, we'd be riding an 11 game win streak right now? That is wild, right? Isn't that crazy? It's incredible. Uh, And it just goes to show you that those first nine games of the season were really an aberration. In fact, speaking of that, this is a perfect segue to the Brewers because the last time we saw the Brewers was at Miller Park at the start of April. And these two teams looked like they were riding opposite tracks to start 2019. The Cubs were one and six to start that series. The Brewers were seven and one. Milwaukee took two out of three. The Cubs looked kind of bad in most of these games, except for the second game, which they managed to win. Um, It it just was not great Cubs baseball. It really looked like the Brewers might just have a handle on this division. And Christian Yelich was just hitting home runs at will, it seemed like. I I was kind of flabbergasted by the whole thing. Um, But, you know, baseball going to baseball. The teams have really flipped to different positions since that start. The Cubs uh, went, let me see, I got it in my notes here somewhere. Um, the, the Cubs went 20 and 6 since that series ended, and the Brewers uh, went 15 and 14 since that series ended. So we find ourselves with the Brewers coming to Wrigley Field one game out of first place. Um, what do you think's kind of what, what can we look forward to this weekend? It's going to be wild. Well, first of all, I'm glad that we're catching him outside of Milwaukee because I I was actually at that final game of that first series in Milwaukee um, before we headed to Chicago for opening day. I tell you what, those folks up there in good old um, Milwaukee. They had all that false hope going on. So it was, I actually kind of enjoyed going in there and knowing a little bit more about baseball than, you know, probably the entire stadium, but that's not me talking any kind of trash. I'm just saying these folks don't know anything about baseball. I'm like my husband, who's a Cardinals fan sitting next to me. We're looking at each other and we're like, at least we can agree upon this. It was just, it was, it was not good. You know, like haters pitching three innings against us. And I'm laughing all the way out of Miller Park. I'm like, you guys have no idea. Well, he used to be a starter. He's good for all these innings. There's a reason why he's not a starter anymore. Hello. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, You know, it was just, you could just, you walked in there and there was just a certain air about the team, about the fans, you know, they kind of feel like they got us. They kind of feel like it's their turn now, like it's their time. And, you know, that that Cubs team that was in Milwaukee that first series in April, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe. We were not walking in with our heads held very high. We had a crappy record, a crappy start to the season. But you're dealing with a different team, and you're coming to Chicago, baby. This ain't Milwaukee. So, I, you know, we swept the Cardinals last weekend. Cardinals played the Brewers tough. So I just, I think it, I think you're going to see total two totally different teams of what we saw that first series. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the Cubs have really gained a lot of confidence and done some great things since that first series with Milwaukee. I also think that I, I am really curious to see 
Milwaukee at Wrigley Field as opposed to at Miller Park. And I for one of their players in particular, I mean, Christian Yelich's splits uh, home and away are just ridiculous. So I want to give the kid a shout out first because Yelich is really just having a ridiculous season. The numbers look insane. He's on pace for something like an 11 F war season, which is out of control. He currently has 16 home runs and 37 RBIs, uh, but only one of those home runs and five of those RBIs has come away from Miller Park. He is literally a completely different hitter and downright mortal when you get him out of Wisconsin. He's only slashing 296, 377, 389. And that Yelich just frankly doesn't scare me nearly as much as the guy who's hit like 15 home runs at home. Yeah, I mean, especially when they have that darn roof closed. I just feel like that's like a freaking wind tunnel in there. It was crazy. Like you could you you could just tell. Well, and I was there when Kyle Hendricks was pitching, which Kyle Hendricks we'll say Kyle Hendricks point one because Kyle Hendricks point two <laughs> yeah. is the Kyle Hendricks that we know and love. But Kyle Hendricks point one had a little bit of an issue that game. I mean, they would just hit the ball into the air, and it was like that thing was flying out and. I, I mean, yeah, you get that same effect at Wrigley, but not, you know, the wind could also be blowing straight in and that changes the game entirely. So I don't know. I mean, he's a good player. I'll give him props all day long, but you know, this season you're going to play a lot of away games and you just so happen to catch, you know, the beginning of your season at home quite a bit, which, you know, is you're stacking your numbers right now, which is great. Congratulations. That's awesome. But I think we're going to see those numbers come back down to earth when we see his, you know, home away numbers start to level off a little bit. Well, the other thing there is that the Cardinals kept pitching to Christian Yelich when he was clearly hitting out of his mind, which was a little bit aggravating to see. I just wanted to like shake Mike Schilt and be like, look, guy, stop <laughs> throwing the baseball to Christian Yelich and letting him beat you over and over and over again please just so <laughs> i have a really funny story about this i'll make it really quick i promise um so i listened to espn in st louis on the way in to work and um i'm not kidding you every morning after they played it was the same thing uh, the same thing it's the same guy i listened to every morning i worked with him many years ago so i know him he's a personal friend he is like this is basically like having Matheny back running the club. <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to pull the car over and get out and jump around and dance because everybody was like, Oh, you know, it's a second coming of, you know, the Lord on earth, blah, blah, blah. Mike Schild, he's amazing. Da, 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 da. And now here we are talking about how he's just like Mike Montgomery or not Mike Montgomery, <laughs> Mike Matheny. Wow. Um, but I just, I found that hilarious that that was the com comparison they made because he would not stop pitching to Yelich. I'm like, seriously, what does it take? It is not rocket science, people. It is not rocket science. Please look back at when the Cubs played Bryce Harper and Joe was like, nope, not doing it. Exactly. Put his four fingers up. I mean, it's not Walk that hard. In. Yeah. Duh. Let him beat somebody else. You know, not, not, not today. Not today. Totally. Thing. Not happening. Yeah. Mike Matheny is my favorite Cardinal of all time, and I wish he was still managing the Cardinals because he did <laughs> wonderful things for the Cubs. Having yes, having that man in the opposing dugout was a wonderful thing. Part of um, the reason why he lost his job, of course. 
<laughs> in case you missed it, I, I do have one lovely thing that I want to say about Christian Yelich. He had a really nice piece up in the Players Tribune on May 9th that you should check out if you haven't yet about how his mom saved his baseball career when he was seven because she wouldn't let him quit playing baseball. And it's adorable. Uh, so I hope he has a really rough series at Wrigley, but I thought that was a really nice shout out to his mom and everybody take a minute to read that and thank your mom this Sunday when the Cubs are playing the Brewers. Yeah. I hope my daughters are listening. <laughs> I hope your daughters are listening too. <laughs> they um, better be. <laughs> really quickly. Let's just talk pitching matchups. So tomorrow, Friday afternoon, we have Jose Quintana, who really is throwing like an ace against Gio Gonzalez, who hasn't thrown that many major league innings. He got released by the Yankees and just picked up by the Brewers. So that should be a really interesting game to start off the series. Saturday is Zach Davies and Cole Hamels. And then Sunday for the return of ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, A-Rod back in Wrigley Field in the booth, uh, we have Ulysses Chassin and John Lester. So what what do we think A-Rod's going to have for us on Sunday Night Baseball this week? I don't know, but uh, when you said that, I felt my stomach turn a little bit. I'm like, darn it, I forgot it was Sunday Night Baseball again. I have to listen to him again. I swear to God, if he says that Javi Baez needs to be boring, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, however, one of my followers had a really great idea that I think I might try. And um, because I pay for that MLB app to stream wherever, I'm going to sync up the Cubs radio broadcast with the game oh. on ESPN and mute it. And I think I'm going to do that. I think I might try that this week. Although I'll probably be missing out on a bunch of um, Twitter material that I could be, you know, tweeting out to you guys throughout the game. Those of you that are going to the game or not watching ESPN. So I don't know. We'll see, but I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve that, you know, he will just ruffle feathers all over the place or make me, you know, pop, blood vessels again because lord knows i just i can't handle very much of him yeah i'm sure he thought that slide javi baez had today was <laughs> way too exciting and just far too smooth for base did you see this slide so oh my god i wanted to talk about this slide before aaron uh commented to us on twitter about talking about javi baez slides but it was just like way too perfect to combine the two so shout out to aaron we're really thankful that you've been listening this slide is ridiculous. How do you just like slides into third base? Like, it's just, I don't know, like leisure suit on a Sunday afternoon. He's like on a barca lounger somewhere. It's incredible. Seriously. So some of our very digital graphic friends need to get on this because dude looks like he's like sitting on like, um, like he's laying out poolside or something. Like yeah, he needs you a could, drink with you an could, umbrella in it or something. Yes, yes. You could take him out of this video and put him on like, um, a lounge chair next to a pool at a hotel in Vegas. And he, it would, it would totally look okay. Like it would make sense. I mean, he was just like, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to, I know I've seen something that it reminds me of, but I just can't put my finger on it. It was just, it was fantastic. I was like, that could not have been any more hobby than it was. It was just perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree. We will tweet out the gif of that slide so that people can see it. And if you have some ideas and or some digital skill to give that man a drink with an umbrella in it or, you know, like a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt or something, 
by all means, hit us up with that because that slide deserves some, it deserves some art. It, it, it really is one of Javi's better slides and that is saying something. It's, oh my goodness. I, I, I'm going to laugh about this for a while because that thing was just phenomenal. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. I think that about wraps it up. We will be back Monday on the Cubs off day uh, to talk about how this series with the Brewers went. We'll also be looking forward to next week's series against the Reds. And we will be joined by a special guest. Al Yellen from Bleed Cubby Blue is going to join us on the off day to uh, make his podcast debut on Cup of Cubby Blue. We're pretty excited about that. I am so stoked about this. This is going to be awesome. All right. Uh, that's all I've got at the moment. Andy, you have anything else? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm ready to get these brewers into town and see what they're made of because I, I, I think this is actually the two teams that will be facing each other later on in the season. See, and I really think that the Cardinals are going to hang around and be kind of pesky, but I think that between those three teams, we have basically mapped out the top of the NL Central, and it is going to be a fight to the finish. It's going to be really interesting for sure. Oh, absolutely. Let let the games continue. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. That's all we've got for today. Go Cubs, beat the Brewers, and we will chat with y'all again on Monday. Bye. <laughs>